and welcome back to the Irish Bears show. As we continue our look into the Bears training camp as they've, they've got back into action now. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Greg Braggs from CHGO, <clears throat> who was at training camp today, who has very graciously jumped on to, to kind of let us know what he saw and kind of how things are progressing. So, Greg, first off, thanks for jumping on. How are you keeping? Oh, I'm doing great. A lot better than yesterday because yesterday it was 130 degrees, it felt like. Uh, and I'm pretty, you guys do your degrees different over there, right? Like, it's, do. it's, it's not, you guys do Celsius. So I don't yes. even know what it would be in comparison to us, but just basically it was hot as shit. And I was, yeah. all, I, I, I barely survived yesterday. I had no sleep. And then the heat, it was a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun doing this, but today was a little nicer as far as, uh, the the atmosphere outside and even getting to do this here now outside. So it, the the weather is much more tolerable. Yeah, no, I, I know the feeling. I was away for the last couple of weeks and in, in Morocco and it was it was double what it normally is here in Ireland. It takes a bit of getting used to it. There's not much you can do when the weather kind of gets like that. But look, the good thing is today is a bit better. It's not nice here, but sure, we're used to that here. So, Greg, just or just looking into the training camp, before we actually touch training camp, there obviously was a big move at the start of the week in terms of Cole Komet getting that deal. And I just want to kind of get your your idea or, you know, your opinion on what you kind of thought of the deal in terms of the the money and, and the years and stuff like that. Do you think it was a good move by the Bears to, to kind of lock Cole Komet up for that some four years? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we all saw it coming or felt like it, it should happen. You know, when you add up all the variables, you know, the fact that they had money to spend, you know, Cole Komet is, you know, tight ends in general, even if you're a top end tight end, you're not demanding money that's going to set your franchise back. So he's kind of in that middle tier. He's not a top tier tight end like George Kittle or Travis Kelsey or maybe even a Mark Andrews. I'm sure he aspires to be in that group, but he's got a lot more to prove in that regard. But at the same time, the money they 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 did give him, I I don't think I think puts him right in the range that he is. You know, I think he last year he finished I think third most in the NFL with touchdowns. Um, you know, for a tight end in the league. So, you know, that, that certainly is good. Now you want to see him, you know, stack that performance this year, a few more options around the team that may, you know, take a hit to his numbers. I'm not really, it'll be interesting to see if he can duplicate that with DJ Moore and Chase Claypool and, and only one ball to go around for all these guys. And obviously Robert Tunyon, uh, the other tight end they brought in from, Green Bay, who once was tight end under Luke Getze. So I think it was smart of Cole Komet to take that deal. Um, it was a, you know, a fair offer, probably more than fair. Uh, gave him a little juice and uh, now, now he's secured. So you check that box. You got DJ Moore, check that box. Let Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool fight it out for, you know, long-term future of this team. Like just kind of looking ahead and, you know, away we go. So I like the move. I think Cole Komet really proved himself. And I got to say, because I know a lot of people aren't uh, big on uh, telling, talking about when they get things wrong, but I boot, I'm a diehard Notre Dame football fan. I, I grew up Notre Dame football. They've kind of been breaking my spirits of recently. Cause I feel like, like when are they ever going to actually win a national championship? But beyond that, I do follow the team. And when we drafted Cole Komet, I was not happy about it because Notre Dame is tight end university. They bring a lot of tight ends into the NFL. 
And I didn't feel like Cole Komet had the kind of years that some of these other tight ends coming out of Notre Dame did. So I was like, not sure about him. And on top of that, the guy I actually wanted the bears to draft that year was chase Claypool who went a few picks later. So when we drafted Cole Komet, I booed. I was not happy. Chase Claypool was the better player on that team. And we had an opportunity to draft him with the need at wide receiver. So he's shut me up. He's now gotten, you know, obviously gotten a lot better here in the NFL as a blocker and, and a pass catcher and everything else. So, um, you know, I got to admit it. I was wrong on Cole Komet. Yeah, and it's just inter- interesting that you mentioned kind of where he stacked up in terms of tight ends last season and where this contract stacks up in terms of, you know, where it is for tight ends. I think they're fairly similar. I think it's around, I've seen like maybe the ninth highest contract for tight ends. I've seen a few different numbers fly about and he was, I think, ranked seven or eight. So they've kind of got what you would think value there. Is that just another kind of example of Ryan Poles and the Bears you know, they have a value and they seem very good at being able to come up with that value. And then they're staunch with it. Then they stick with that. As we saw at Roquan Smith, if you kind of deviate too high, they're willing to just kind of cut bait and, and walk. So is it kind of just another example of the good work, basically, Ryan Poles and his staff are doing in this front office, kind of putting this roster together? Sure. Uh, and and David Montgomery too, right? Because they offered him a contract and they're like, this is what we'll offer you. And, and David took exception to that and, and then went off to Detroit. So good luck to him, you know. Uh, but at the same time, Ryan Poles isn't going to come off of his number. Now, I also think that when you're talking about premium positions, like wide receiver or cornerback or even tight end, because while tight ends don't get paid as much as, you know, some of the other bigger, you know, skill positions – there isn't that many great tight ends, you know, it's a few guys and then everybody else is kind of fairly similar. And so for them, you know, now you've got this guy in the fold and hopefully he can ascend to a top tier tight end, but you want to kind of keep this guy in house because if you don't, now you've got to find somebody else to fit this offense that likely isn't going to be that much better or, you know, than Cole Komet, if anything, they're going to be worse. So now you don't have to worry about that as much because, like I said, there just aren't that many great tight ends in this league. Anybody that plays fantasy football knows that because, you know, the 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 first three tight ends go off the board early and then everybody else gets their tight end in the last round or the last couple of rounds, right? Yeah, no, that, that absolutely. That's the way it goes. If you don't get one of those guys, Mark Andrews was a guy I used to jump on early all the time. But then once you didn't get a couple of them, that was it then. You, you leave them till later on. Um. And yeah, no, just one thing you mentioned there, obviously a Notre Dame fan. I hope you're making the trip to Dublin next month. I would love to. They've been out there a few times, um, a little busy uh, this time of year. So unfortunately, I don't think I'll be able to make the trip. Maybe next um, time. Yeah, I would love to. Uh, I was able to go to London for the Bears-Raiders game and, and, and go to Tottenham uh, Hotspur Stadium. That was um, Bearlissimo uh, extended that invite for me. And that was one of the greatest experiences I ever had. So I would love to. I'm, I am actually Irish, uh, you know, not like you, not Irish in the way that you're Irish, but I'm, I'm, you know, I have Irish lineage. Uh, I think the the origin of our name is Brog, and then I think when we came over here, it turned, you know, had to got got Americanized and turned to Brags. But I got Irish blood in me. Who knows? Maybe someday. I mean, I think this is. This isn't the first time Notre Dame have been here. I remember going to see them in 
2012, I think it was, against Navy. So maybe they'll be back again. Ireland seems to be ramping up its kind of college game. So who knows? Who knows what the future holds? I would but, love um, to. Yeah, no, but then, as you say, now kind of into training camp. But the last couple of years, I know last season we obviously had only three wins. But what I will say, especially doing this show, and maybe you find the same, you know, covering the Bears, the last year has been such an exciting time to actually cover this team. As I say, record aside, everything else seems to be kind of positive going in the right way. And, you know, different position groups, which we thought were terrible a year, year and a half ago, have been radically changed. So there's just so many things to talk about. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit and I'm going to, well, I was going to ask you, are we going to have the best wide receiver quarterback tandem in the history of the NFL? But I thought that's probably getting a bit ahead of myself. That, that so probably I'll, is. What I'll ask <laughs> is. Tom Brady and Randy Moss <laughs> once played together. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was probably getting a bit ahead of myself with all the training camp stuff coming out. But what I will ask is, as Bears fans, are we in for an exciting time over the coming seasons? Given yeah. from what you've seen so far, and it's look, there's, there's no pads. It's it's early in training camp. You know, it's it's hard to really discern things. But from what I've heard, it's been very positive with DJ Moore and I've forgotten a quarterback's name. Obviously, Justin Fields. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, just from what you've seen, do you think we're in for we're in for fun over the next couple of years? Watching these two guys kind of work together and gel together and kind of become a team. I, I mean, I think so. I mean, what we're seeing at camp so far with Justin Fields and DJ Moore is is real. I mean, what the, the, the chemistry they've already built, the talent that DJ Moore shows, even today where it was slower, you know, at one point he made a catch and was over the middle and kind of did this juke move where he stepped back, but then shot back up where he had stepped back to. And like, like that's the kind of Steve Smith stuff where he's showing his burst ability, where he's going to, you know, you know, give you a little shake and then burst and go. Um, you know, we don't get to see that in its totality and in a non-padded slowdown practice like today. And that's kind of the tricky part. You know, padded practice is going to be next Wednesday, and I'm excited for that. But then the other aspect of it is Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool are still working themselves back to 100%. So, like, the only few years where you came into training camp as a Bears fan and you're like, holy shit, like, this is a real offense was – 2013 or or so with Mark Tressman and they set records franchise records for this team with Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey and Martellus Bennett and Matt Forte and Jay Cutler and you're looking around and the way they're spreading the ball around you're like here we go and it was bombs away every day at practice Alshon Jeffrey making unbelievable catches Brandon Marshall one-handers never seen anything like that in my life at training camp as a Bears fan I'm sure other teams have seen that all the time but for us that's unique. And 2018 uh, was the exact same thing. Before we got Khalil Mack, you know, obviously he was kind of the energy, like the energizer bunny to that team when he came in. But at the same time, at camp, you had Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, uh, Anthony Miller was as motivated a rookie as you'll ever see making plays. And he, he, he turned that into a really good rookie season. He had like 10 touchdowns or whatever he did his rookie year. And you had, um, you know, the tight end from the Eagles, uh, Trey Burton and, you know, Mitch Trubisky slinging around and, and Tariq Cohen going deep, deep touchdowns. Even Tariq Cohen was throwing touchdowns. And so like that year too, you're like, whoa, they got some offense here. They got some weaponry. So th this team on paper is similar to those years, but 
so far the vibe they haven't met that standard yet and and for me it's because Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool aren't 100%. They have the same amount of pieces that those two offenses did, but we're not working at 100% yet to where we can see it all in its totality. So the other aspect of it too is just like last year at camp, you're not going to see too much of Justin Fields, uh, what, what he did last year, making plays on his own unbelievable Michael Vick-esque type plays. He's not doing that at all at camp. And that's a part of this offense. That's he's going to work on things here and that's what he should do. But when the, when the lights come on and the bullets start flying, he's going to take off at times. So we don't see that here either. And that's a huge dynamic to this offense. So, you know, as far as, you know, what I believe they'll do, and what I'm seeing right now are two different things. I mean, they're still working into those things, but I do believe those days will be coming sooner rather than later. No, absolutely. And as you say, look, it's, it's, it's hard to kind of really know what it is you're looking at because, you know, they're only starting out. They're not in pads yet, and it's only really kind of getting going. But someone I was interested in, and I don't know if you've seen much of them over the training camp, is Valus Jones. I mean, obviously he had a season last year that was a bit stop-started. You know, there was some drops and things kind of didn't pan out. Now, a lot of people seem to have completely wrote him off now at this stage, which for me, I think is unfair because not every player hits the ground running in their fourth season as a rookie. Just doesn't happen. A lot of players take a bit of time to bed in and to kind of get, get going. And obviously he's still a player that has that one element that a lot of people don't have and you can't teach and that, that speed and he can be an exciting player. So has he kind of done anything or, or shown up much over training camp that you could look at him and say, Do you know what, maybe he's adapting a little better. Maybe he's kind of getting it a little bit more now. And maybe it was just going to take a bit of time for him to really kind of settle into the NFL. Yeah, I mean, two days in so far, um, he's made plays in one-on-ones and seven-on-sevens. They're putting him in formations where he's running receiver routes he's not just a gadget player as at this point they're going to try to work him into the offense um so it's early he's made a few plays where you're like okay here we go they tried to hit him down the left sideline today in seven on sevens and Jalen Johnson was trailing the play uh and Jalen's really good at kind of making somebody look open when they're not so at Javelis, he had a safety in front of him and Jalen's behind him. And all of a sudden, Valus springs open down the sideline and Justin tries to throw it in, fit it into him. Well, here comes Jalen Johnson, closes the gap and just bats it down. Uh, Louis Medina from uh, Bleacher Nation Bears, he he made the comment uh, somewhat tongue in cheek, but he also I, it felt like a good point. He goes, well, you, you got to pick that off if, if you're Jalen Johnson, because he easily knocked it down. But this whole thing about his contract coming up is, you know, he needs to get turnovers. So that's great. He knocked it down, but maybe he should have picked it off. And we, as fans, I think, you know, we'll take, take the good when we get it. But uh, I thought it was an interesting point, but uh, Valus, you know, I think is going to be fine because this year there won't be the expectations that he had last year. He'll be in a more, suitable role for a third round wide receiver who was brought here as a special teams guy, a kick returner and a punt returner. So, you know, like Valus Jones, 
you know, I think if Luke Getze does his job correctly, can put him in the right positions to make plays, uh, get him, you know, doing motion in the backfield pre-snap to get eyes off Justin Fields, have him just like Chase Claypool do some underneath routes, crossing patterns, get him in open space. He's fast. He's physical. And then every once in a while, spring him loose down downfield, you know, just to give the defense a different look. Obviously, he can take the top off if you can let him get o- get open downfield too. So I think there will be a role for him. Um, but, you know, I think his strength is going to be special teams. He's already a great kick returner. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree completely. I mean, I think a lot of people kind of, when they're looking at the wide receiver group and they're, they're kind of predicting who they think will or won't make the roster, people kind of come down to Valis and Pettis being those last two. And I've seen people go either way. I mean, if it, if it, and it's a complete guess, again, we don't know what the, the Bears are thinking. But if it came down to kind of those two guys being the final kind of pick for that last wide receiver spot, you think it would probably go to Vale as being that they drafted him high, that he only had the one season, yeah, and the special and, spe- and, spe- and the be the guy. Well, and the special teams too. Yeah, they, you know, they're, they're, I don't think they want Tyler Scott returning kicks. They don't want Eddie Jackson or whatever. But they're going to put. They want Valus Jones to own own that role. He already owns kick return, and I think they hope he can own punt returning. He's got to prove he's going to hang on to the football. Uh, punt return catching punts is not easy. I challenge anyone to try to do that, especially in Soldier Field with those wins. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I, I think he'll make the team, and I think the Bears will have carry seven wide receivers on their active roster just like they did last year. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think I'm actually looking forward to seeing Bayless this year because I do think he's being kind of forgotten. And as you say, maybe that's a good thing for him. Maybe that takes that yeah. bit of pressure off. And if people aren't expecting much from him, then he can maybe step up and, and kind of – do things without worrying about eyes being on them as much as they have been. Um, another part of the offense, another position group, which has massively changed and which I don't feel we're talking about as much this year as we have done every other year, which is a great thing, is that offensive line. What have you seen so far? Have you seen much? Obviously, again, it's really important that like those guys are not in pads, so they cannot do a lot of what they would be able to do if they had pads on and kind of full go. But still, like we we obviously have our first round rookie in there, you know, is how is he settling in? We have a new right guard in beside him, and Cody Whitehair has made that switch from guard to center. So as a whole, kind of from the limited exposure again, kind of have you seen anything from them that's made you positive or or kind of just is something that we can look forward to seeing? Yeah, nothing nothing yet. I mean, nothing that you're gonna speak strongly on. It's early, they're not in pads, like you said. Um, you know. There's been a few runs each day where they open up a hole for Khalil Herbert on a cutback lane, and and it looks right. You know, it, 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 even if it's you know a three quarter speed, you can see the execution of the play is correct. Then there are other times where they'll run, do a running play, and you know a defensive tackle will shed a blocker, and 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 you go, okay, that that one would have been stopped at the one, even if they let the running back scamper off. Um, in pass protection, you know, today I, I see Avon Walker in the chat, um, you know, getting getting sensitive about, you know, uh, any kind of, you know, reporting on whether or not it would be a sack. All I know is Terrell Lewis blew up Darnell Wright with a hard, stiff arm, you know, like Khalil Mack used to do, just fucking manhandle you all the way back, um, pardon my French, and then cut inside and go right to the quarterback. Of course – Avon is correct. 
Justin Fields absolutely is capable, even in a moment where it's a sure sack to get out of it and get one. But when you're trying to, you know, analyze what you're seeing at practice, because Justin then rolled out of the pocket, they, they let the play go on in a normal practice. They or in, in most circumstances at practice, they would then blow that play dead. But because reps are limited nowadays, they're going to let the play through and let Justin Fields get a throw off. Well, then he throws an interception to TJ Edwards. So not only was it a sack, then it was a pick as far as how you would grade the play. But of course, there is an opportunity in in a real game for Justin Fields to just throw Terrell Smith off him like he did at Hassan Reddick last year. And we're all just sitting there holding our heads like, holy crap, did that guy just do that? Um, but at the same time, if we're going to be fair to what we're seeing out there, that's what we're going to say. So I know Avon gets on us as far as how we do our reporting, but we're going to try to be fair with it to an extent. You know, we all understand that Justin Fields is Superman. Absolutely. Um, and actually, you mentioned TJ Edwards. Obviously, that linebacking core went through a, a dramatic revamp as well with, with Edmonds and Edwards coming in. Uh, obviously, Sanborn came in last year and he showed himself very, very capable of coming in and making a tackle. Again, much there to report. You, you mentioned the Edwards uh, interception. How have those guys look? Uh, I, I see in Edmonds, he looks like a, a big guy there in the he's, middle of that linebacking core. He is core. insanely huge. Insanely huge. And TJ Edwards, you know, like you said, he got the pick. Um, yeah, you got to love that group, man. Uh, the linebackers are going to be a huge strength for us this season. There's depth there. Noah Sewell has looked good, uh, looks right as far as a guy that like looks like he can belong in the NFL. So it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out as far as who's going to take that third spot. But Tremaine Edmonds is massive and fast. And it's kind of like unbelievable to watch that kind of speed at that size. So TJ Edwards, you know, isn't as tall as, as Tremaine Edmonds, but um, you know, he definitely shows speed. He showed really great hands today because yesterday there's, you know, fields could have thrown three or four picks if Eddie Jackson and um, you know, uh, Elijah Hicks and Terrell Smith, hold on to the football. They had opportunities to intercept passes yesterday and didn't. Well, TJ Edwards, you know, caught, caught it, you know, and it was thrown right, right at him. I'm like, got to run through my pictures to try to understand who Justin was trying to throw to there. But like I said, it was off a broken play where it was basically like, well, I'm going to get my rep off here and I'm going to throw it. And then there's TJ. I was joking with TJ Edwards after practice, he was taking pictures with some of the kids. And I said, Hey, TJ, man, uh, you know, nice play, but you're, you know, you're, you're going to make our boy look bad. And now there's going to be, infor, you know, misinformation out there on the, on, on the Twitter, the mean streets of Twitter. And he was like, Hey man, I, he goes, Hey, I, I have it. I have to chase Justin Fields around all summer. I got to get one eventually. So he was cool about it. And, um, but yeah, I was like, all right, well just chill out, you know, just, just knock it down next time. If, if you want to intercept a pass from the backups, that's fine, but we don't want those numbers going up because then Green Packers Twitter will use it to their advantage. Well, if you start reporting Justin Fields' uh, interceptions, you know, whereas Twitter can start getting a little bit jittery and a little bit nervous. Well, that's what I mean. Like now that I do this, you know, as as my job. I mean, in 2018, when I was putting video up, nobody really questioned me when I was only putting up the highlights. Nobody ever said to me. 
Well, how come you don't have any videos of incompletions? Because I wasn't. I'm not going to report on that stuff. You know, why am I? Why would I give Lions Twitter that that video content? Hell no. But you know, now that you know, if I got if I'm going to try to you know maintain any kind of credibility, we got to talk about the good and the bad when it comes to Justin Fields. So that wasn't a great throw, but a really nice catch by T.J. Edwards, and and that's the balance, right? You want to see the defense make plays too, so. that's always been a hard middle ground as a fan or an analyst to decipher, you know, how much, you know, of the competition is healthy. And then at what point does the pendulum swing where you're like, well, they, there should, there should be more consistency from the offense, but you can always defer to saying, well, the defense made plays. So that's great. You know, that's they're both there. Everybody's a Chicago bear. So at the end of the day, the Chicago Bears are winning when the practice is over. It's just a matter of, you know, the execution uh, and it is, is everything correct. So, yeah, no, that's it. As you say, look, look at the silver lining. If, if there's an interception, maybe that just means a defender made a great play and that's something to be celebrated as well. And look, let's be honest, it's training camp. Obviously, we want them to be perfect, but nobody's perfect. And if they're going to make mistakes or they have things they need to work on, this is where you want it to happen so you can figure it out and fix it before the season comes. So really, there's, there's no need to be, you know, unless somebody is visibly really, really terrible. Sometimes these things happen. And look, that that's what training camp is for. Well, that's, that's where why you get I'm, better. That's why I'm so excited to go to the joint practices against the Colts. I've personally never seen a joint practice for the Bears. Uh, every time they have one, I, I haven't been able to go. So this year I get to go to two. And I actually get to watch what training camp is, but against another team. And, you know, obviously in preseason, that's where we all get our evaluation against another team. But at practice, like preseason, they have limited snaps. That first preseason game, the starters might be out there for five minutes. At a practice, they're going to be out there for two hours. So you can watch the one-on-ones. You can watch the seven-on-sevens, 11-on-11s. And everybody's getting reps, a lot of them. And it's against another team. So there is no trying to decipher good from bad. There, you're, going to have, you're going to have a lot of things answered that day as far as like where the progression of this team is. And that's in a couple of weeks. And I cannot wait for it. Yeah, no, actually, I like the idea of those kind of practices against other teams. It's, it's, it is something that you could, it's interesting to see. You kind of get an idea of kind of how your team are developing. But I was talking earlier on about how there's a lot of changes on this team. And last year, there was a lot of upheaval. Uh, and if I'm being honest, they filled a lot more holes at this point than I thought they would have. We all know a rebuild can take two, three years. And I, I think for me, I think they're a little bit further ahead of where I thought they would be. But one of those questions that keep popping up in terms of, you know, a position with a hole is that outside defensive end pass rusher. Now, obviously, there's a lot of talk about Yannick Ngakwe and Houston, who are free agents out there. Uh, I think maybe Green and Walker have been playing for the force outside. Just from your own point of view, what way do you think the Bears are going at the moment? Do you think they are actively looking to bring in one of these guys or do you think the Bears are looking at it that we've already got Green and Walker and, you know, Gibson and um, Robinson are, are in there as well as kind of young players? Do you think they may be looking at, right, we have two first-round picks next year. We have filled a lot of holes over the last few months, you know, but nothing can get fixed overnight. There will be ones that maybe we'll have to defer to next season. So 
again, you're, you're kind of guess. What way do you kind of see it going? Do you think they'll bring him on these guys? Or do you think they're looking at what they have there and thinking, well, maybe we can get a pass with these? Because in the center of that line, they have brought in a lot of big bodies to maybe sort out that run problem they had last year. Yeah, no, I absolutely think they'll bring in one of those guys. Until unless until those guys sign somewhere else, you won't convince me otherwise that they're eventually going to bring in at least one of them. I think what they're doing now is letting the market play itself out, showing those guys like, hey, all right, you know, you may want to go to a contender, you may want a two-year deal or more, but those offers aren't there for you, and we'd be happy to pay you a really good chunk sum to come here for one year. And you're betting on yourself because now you can get a good contract next year being a difference maker here. And maybe one year deal isn't what they're looking for, but if they're not getting offers anywhere else, there's an opportunity here because they're going to slide right into being the top pass rusher on this, on this defense. So I absolutely think they're going to pick up one of these guys, if not two, but certainly one, I think at this point, like I said, a letting the market play itself out and B while you're letting the market play itself out, you let these guys that are in-house right now battle for that opposite role. So DeMarcus Walker is really showing out here these first two days as a guy that's like, okay, this guy could have been a, is could be a really good find from Tennessee, and now we'll let the other guy play opposite of him. And because it's going to slide the whole depth chart down. So, you know, you've got other players trying to figure out who they want to be on this team. Travis Gibson, where is he going to slide? Who's sliding off the depth chart? Because eventually, once you get all the way to the end, somebody's got to get cut, right? You know, you're adding a guy, so that means you're going to lose a guy. So let those guys battle it out now for how the depth chart's going to look when they bring in one of these veterans. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's, that's going to be an interesting an interesting kind of thing to happen over. I, I do think they'll probably bring someone in and I think we may see it sooner rather than later. So I know people are keeping their eyes on Twitter anyway. I'm wondering what's going to happen and when it's going to happen. But Greg, just then in terms of training camp overall, again, two, three days, no, no pads, not a huge amount to see, but is there, is there anyone we haven't mentioned that's maybe stood out here or any kind of any topic that, you know, you've looked at that has been interesting or, you know, something that we haven't mentioned that you kind of noticed over the last few days in training camp that you, you know, yeah, I, I mentioned it yesterday on our CHO Bears show. I, I, I've I've been impressed with PJ Walker. Uh, if we're gonna go off the reservation of like the 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 run of the mill stuff, we're gonna talk about every day. PJ Walker has really shown that he, uh, this was a good signing as a backup quarterback. If at any moment, God forbid, that he has to come in, you know, obviously there's the catastrophic ways he could come in, and we don't want that. But to a smaller extent, if he has to come in for a series or even a snap. He's cap- He's a capable football player, uh, and he's showing that he he grips it and rips it. He he he's pretty decisive in his decision making. So it seems like he understands his pre snap reads and he goes where he wants to with the football pretty quickly. Again, he's going up against second teamers where he also the players he's throwing to are maybe higher caliber than a second team player. When you're talking about Equinamia St. Brown or Tyler Scott and, and players that, you know, maybe have a higher talent level than a second team. So you got to take that into consideration that he's thrown against second team defense, but at the same time, he's showing he makes quick decisions with the football. Uh, so I like that signing as a backup. So um, that certainly had my ears up. Like I said earlier to Marcus Walker, 
uh, coming in here and, and making his presence felt so far. He's, he, he's a really big dude. Um, and he was getting chirpy with the offense yesterday, he blew up a couple plays in a row and he's like the loudest guy out there right now. So, it, you know, Akeem Hicks was, you know, notorious for this for years. Um, and I'm not going to go as far to say he's the next Akeem Hicks for this team, but at the same time, uh, you know, when Akeem Hicks came in, you know, he, he'd kind of moved around the league, the Patriots, whatever. And then he comes here and, you know, by the end of his career, he's a fan favorite. Um, can DeMarcus Walker become that? I'm, I got my eyes open. That's for sure. Do you think that could get a bit more interesting once they, they all have pads on and they get a little bit more competitive with each other? You know, he seems like he's a competitive guy who likes to talk. Do you think, uh, not that we want fights or anything, but do, do, oh, do you hell think we yeah, see... I want fi- Hell yeah, I want fights. That's <laughs> do you think we could see a bit of a niggle in there from, from yeah, someone like him maybe trying to get through? I've seen him and Tevin Jenkins being lined up on Twitter. get into it. You know, let these kids get rough a little bit. That's I, that's what I love about camp. Um, you know, my, watching... Uh, Akeem Hicks and Kyle Long fight every year was a rite of passage. Like that's when you knew it was time for football season was when they finally had enough of each other that they were, they had to be separated three times in one practice. Uh, yeah. When Martellus Bennett got suspended for throwing Kyle Fuller down, I thought that was the stupidest thing ever. Like I wasn't by the end of Martellus's career, I wasn't that big of a fan. Cause I just thought he was, yeah, you know, he's just such a unique character. I wasn't sure how much he actually cared about what football uh, it felt like that at times, but I'll always side with Martellus in that he should not have been suspended like two practices for simply throwing Kyle Fuller down. That's that's that was nothing compared to some of the fights I've seen at training camp. And you know, was you know, was there was it right or wrong? I don't really care, but you know, most grown men can get over it fairly quickly. And I thought they made it a bigger issue by suspending him. Like he's some stepchild or some crap like that. And I, and I said as much to him too, that I thought it was the wrong move. And Tressman was never the best decision maker when it came to the locker room and that culture. So uh, I think that proved itself out, but I, I, I love when they, I love when they get into it at, at practice that shows they care like to get a little niggle in there well let's hope there's no more suspensions anyway even if they do kind of get a little bit competitive but listen greg really appreciate you taking the time to jump on i imagine there's nobody watching this who doesn't know who you are where to find you but still if you just want to let the guys know where they can find you and what you guys at chgo have coming up and kind of what you've got going on yeah absolutely uh, follow me on twitter that's where i'm giving a lot of my live updates during practice um, at G Braggs junior 23, of course. And then, um, you know, I have my own personal show called Braggs in the stands. Uh, I'm going to start doing some bears shows again with that. I haven't since I started with CHGO last year, kind of put all my energy in the CHGO basket, but I will start doing maybe a once a week show where I have my own platform and bring on different people like you guys just to shoot the shit with. And, and then of course, follow CHGO sports, on YouTube and Twitter and Facebook, the whole deal, CHGO Bears with my guys, Adam Hogue, Mark Carmen, Nick Moriano, Will DeWitt, Corey Wooten. It's, it's, for me, it's a real honor to work alongside those guys. I've been going to training camp. I've been a Bears fan my whole life. I've been going to training camp for 25 years, and uh, these last two days were the first time it was my job to go there. So um, I don't take that for granted. I don't take for granted the people that appreciate what I do. And if it wasn't for those people 
supporting what I do, I wouldn't be able to call this my job. So I'm extremely humbled by it. It's a lot of fun. And uh, I appreciate you having me on today. I'm always going to make time when I can for you and everybody else. So want me on later this uh, training camp, happy to hop on um, when I can make it work. And, and again, thank you for uh, the invite and appreciate everybody, you know, uh, following along with the coverage. No, no, I appreciate that. And, and don't worry, we'll be chasing you down to get you back on again. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And just everybody watching, you know, please do like and subscribe to the, the show and the channel. It, it really does help and we really do appreciate it. And thank you so much for coming on and watching. Uh, obviously, during training camp, we're going to be flat out constantly going every night. There's training on. Uh, I think the guys are back uh, tomorrow night. So do check out that. And uh, other than that, I think for this last training camp show, it's till the next time, bear down.